G'day, 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 and welcome everyone. That's our resident scaredy cat, Kate. And that's the horror junkie, Dominic. And you're listening to Shit and Bricks. A podcast where we talk shit about some scary stuff. The sort of fear your asshole knows about. As always, subscribe, rate, and review us. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Shit and Bricks Podcast. All right, drop your dax, pop a squat, and let's get into it. Hi, Kate. How you doing? <laughs> I'm pretty good. How are you? I was just going to say, look, I'm, I'm really excited about this episode. Uh, it's it's a bit kooky. It's, it's off the wall. It's, you know, my brain that's doing the full just heading off into tangents. So I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing this story with you. We're in a kooky space and uh, I'm insanely hungover today. You, I know I look Ooh. gorgeous, but I am so hungover <laughs> that... Uh, if you took a whiff of me, you'd probably get a little bit of a buzz. So um, I think it's going to be a very fun episode. <laughs> okay, so we are completely loose. We are uh, off off chops. I am not hungover. I'm the opposite. Sober as a judge currently. Um, but that doesn't mean it won't change throughout this podcast potentially. Why not? Absolutely. It's 11 o'clock in the morning whilst we're recording this. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Amazing. Okay, well, the long and short of today's episode, um, and again, you're just going to have to stay with me, but it's outer space, or more specifically, it's the scary shit that happens in and around outer space, okay? I have a fear of space. Now, I looked up sort of the definition. I'm not quite at this point, but it's it's called astrophobia, which okay. personally I think that's like, it's, that's, that's the phobia. Um, and astrophobia, it's described as it's a severe and irrational fear of stars and space. Um, so astrophobia is also strongly connected to the fear of aliens. So I'm not, I'm not quite there. I'm not super scared of aliens. I'm more frightened around just what can happen to the human body in space, which is why I don't really want to put myself in that situation. We're not going to be talking about aliens today. You know, that's another whole other podcast, but I'm going to talk about sort of more generally uh, the things that frightened me as a kid. Look, Dom, I'm going to do things a little bit differently. Okay. In episode one, I know that you told a fantastic story about cannibalism. Um, If you haven't listened to that episode yet, do yourself a favor. Uh, So Cannibal Island was the story, the circumstances around that. Today, I'm going to do a bit of a question answer session. Oh, it's a game. (laughs) so I had a few questions so I was just interviewing myself um I spend a lot of time with myself so we're getting really like you know into it adequated (laughs) yeah (laughs) I realized that if I just rambled on about space uh and the things that frightened me and you know my um, phobias as a child this pod was going to go for like two or three hours so I thought well I'll narrow it down I managed to narrow it down to two main questions or main fears that I had Uh, and then at the end I've got some bonus content which is from a source uh, that I found is is quite entertaining so that's our bonus content oh my god I've got so many questions already is it Uh like what's your source is it from the pentagon or something like that (laughs) i wish it's not quite as uh sophisticated as that but we'll certainly get to it maybe it is maybe the pentagon used this source who knows essentially as a child uh some of the things that really freaked me out were usually depicted in films or Mm -hmm. pop culture or television things like that i was absolutely shocked and frankly appalled dominic that films occasionally 
are not historically or scientifically accurate. I actually don't, like, I don't believe it. So that was one of the most shocking things record, like, you know, researching to record this podcast. That was one of the things that blew my mind. Um, films aren't always true, which whatever. That's a whole other podcast episode, I think. The first question that I had, which related to films, um, naturally I thought this was all fact, is how long can a human last in outer space before they explode? Yeah, that's a good question. And I immediately go, I've seen people do some pretty, in some circumstances, people are meant to like, I don't know, last 10 minutes and they do this and they pull the lever and they save the ship or they do all this kind of crazy stuff. And then the next thing, you know, they blow up as a balloon and in one situation or the next one they freeze over and their eyes go all glazy. Like it's never been consistent, right? Exactly. That is exactly right. So if you've seen The Simpsons or if you've seen Total Recall, <laughs> these are the two of the, the pop culture references that I was going by, you know, uh, Homer and Bart floating around in space and their heads like explode. <laughs> Obviously Total Recall, which that image is burned into my brain of Arnold Schwarzenegger's eyeballs popping out of their sockets. Like, you know, <laughs> just, it's so great. The graphics of that are pretty amazing. They oh my God. are so ahead of their time. Unbelievable. So on a side note, I think that if Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't the lead in that movie, which I personally thought he was really good, but if he wasn't the lead, let's say it was Bruce Willis, I feel sure. like that movie would have been critically acclaimed. I think the storyline, I think the graphics, I think the, um, yeah, the, the art department did such an incredible job. I genuinely believe if it was someone else other than Arnie, uh, it's just so good. I love yeah. it. So for the listeners out there that are, I don't know, still are probably under the age of 20 or something, there was a time when computers weren't around to do all the special effects. So they had to rely on like mechanics and robots and makeup and prosthetics and all sorts of stuff. And if you yep. have not watched that movie or there's a million other things that we could reference, but that I thought that movie was like one of those game changing moments where you as a child, because space is not a new topic, right? Space has been around and people have always been interested in it. Never had a movie been able to makeup wise or special effects wise able to entertain the imagination of the audience in a really uh -huh. gruesome, grotesque type way. It was always really silly and kind of comical because it just looked really stupid and fake. But like yeah. when Total Recall came out, it's like, oh my God, did Arnold Schwarzenegger just die? <laughs> For yeah, real? <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing, like no wonder as a child, I was terrified of these things because they did make it look terrifying they yeah. made it look like well I really don't want to go through that like I'm not keen for my eyeballs to pop out of my skull or my tongue yeah. to swell or whatever's going to happen that that these people are showing me uh so you know researching into how long before people explode I went to uh West Texas A&M University uh they had some <laughs> interesting information so there's actually a professor so dr christopher s baird had some answers to these strange science questions um oh betsy good man yeah betsy <laughs> betsy we all know him um and look i can't say that west texas university is going to be any good source of information but i liked his answer so i'm using it also for those of you playing at home who don't know what a m stands for because i didn't uh agriculture and mechanical 
college. Go the what's the what's an animal in Texas? Go the cactus football go team. The- or go the- go the- Did you say what's what's an animal in Texas? A cactus. <laughs> <laughs> The cactus, the, the mighty fighting. cactus. Yeah. Prickham cacks. What would be there? Yeah, prickham. Prickham. Anywho. So, like Betty has offered me some uh, answers to my questions. Now, he says, humans don't explode in space, first and foremost. So, that was the first, that was the opening sentence. So, I was like, do tell me more, Dr. Chris. Uh, so, even though outer space represents a lack of air pressure, Uh, which usually counters the internal pressure of our body, our tissue is strong enough to handle the imbalance. So our skin and tissues is actually strong enough to withstand like that, that pressure change. So it actually holds everything inside of our body. So we don't explode. Uh, According to Richard Harding's book, Survival in Space, the blood vessels can withstand the internal pressure without exploding. Now, humans will die if you're left in space um, without a spacesuit, but you will die for the same reason as drowning. So you'll die from asphyxiation. Okay. Um, which is also horrible, but you don't explode. So it was kind of answering those questions for me. Uh, now, they're saying that, you know, you could probably survive for about 9 to 12 seconds um, if you didn't have a spacesuit. And there's other, you know, dangerous effects that can happen, but they don't cause immediate death and you certainly don't explode. Okay, so you're just a floating meat bubble and you won't pop. correct. That's that's good to know. Precisely. So uh, I was looking at some other content as well. I found a really, you know, cute little uh, YouTube channel. It's about myths being debunked. So it's essentially Mythbusters, but, you know, another little YouTube video. So the host uh, gave a bit of a wrap-up on if you found yourself in space without a spacesuit. So you would be severely sunburned depending on where you were in space. So you would like within a nanosecond, you'd crispy, like you're completely sunburned from the sun naturally. You would be mutated in some way. So your cells and your DNA are actually changing because of the radiation in space. So like the gamma rays and things. So your cells and DNA can actually start to be altered. Um, so you're sunburnt, you're mutated, you'd be suffocating and very slowly freezing to death. Uh, so there's a bit going on. Um, <laughs> if you're keen for an adventure in space and you really want to try some adventure sports, just pop out of the ship without a suit on. You could give all these activities a go. Do you know what? That's what I feel like with a big bad hangover. I feel like I'm burning <laughs> up. I've got the shakes. I'm mutating, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Right, my, my DNA is changing. It's turning into vodka. Like it's the same sort of thing. The one of the really fascinating things that I found. So you, one of the other, you know, apart from exploding, that's been depicted in pop culture is if you you'll freeze immediately. The way that the temperatures work in space, because it's a vacuum, mm-hmm. are completely different. So whilst you would freeze, it's not like a snap thing. Like it's not bang. You're also automatically an, an ice ice block yeah uh it happens really really slowly so you just start to you know it probably takes i don't know i don't think anybody's really tested it out and managed to live to tell the tale but it does happen a lot slower than people may think hey just princess leia did it and she came back she did a little hand finger jingy lingly whatever 
praise be with you source crap and she survives. So there has been one, one case because that's truth. But um... <laughs> Movies don't lie. No. Well, that's what I'm still going with, even though, you know, I did preface this whole podcast with the fact that they are not always accurate. Yeah. I'm still going with that. So, you know, you've got about 15 seconds to get yourself to safety uh, before you pass out. So you can still be out there for 15 seconds. Enjoy your time. Uh, do what you need to do. Uh, then you've got about there's about a minute. So about 60 seconds for someone to come and save you. So mm-hmm. 15 seconds you've passed out. So you can't help yourself. Another 45 seconds, someone needs to try to save you. Uh, then, you know, you'll actually die if you don't get rescued in that time. Okay. So you don't actually explode in space, uh, which news to me. But this is a kind of podcast where, you know, we do talk about things that frighten us. And that was one of the big fears that I had. Well, I think you touched on it. It's the fact that um, at least a fear for me is I'm f- if something terrible happened to me and I just was gone in a blip, like then I can't be afraid of it. I didn't feel anything. I couldn't even comprehend the terrible thing that was happening because I'm just gone. I think the scariest part of this for me, that what you're talking about, is the fact that it isn't instant that you could Mm. be out in space and know that you have seconds to live and you not only can't you breathe, you're getting a real bad tan, you're also cold and you're growing another foot out your chest or something. Like I think it's the (laughs) knowledge that while this is happening to you, it's like drowning. I think it's that you are aware of the horrible thing that's happening to you and your options are pretty limited. It's not like you can Mm. get an Uber and go home when you're in space. Yeah, so exactly. I think that's where the fear part comes into me. The, the, the horror of this is the obviously the physical excru- excruciating pain, but also the awareness of you will know what's happening to you and feel every bit Absolutely. of it. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Like that is, you know, and I feel like that's a bit of a central topic for a lot of what, you know, what we talk about, a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the subjects that we come up with. Uh, but it just presents in different ways. And it's so fascinating how people fear certain things in different ways. Hmm. And just as a kid, space was always such a big one for me. Like I I just, that just that fear of the unknown, the fear of, yeah, those things happening to you and happening slowly. It's also like an invisible force as well. It's not like it's a rock falling on your head or a bullet and a bang. It's like space is real quiet. Nothing's moving. Like it's, it's it's also in the stillness of it and the vastness yeah, of yep. it. You don't you wouldn't hear anything. You'd just be, all you'd probably hear is your own breath in your own heartbeat. Yeah, that's it for that and fifteen just like, yeah, seconds, the and then blood rushing into you. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Okay. Yuck. All right, one down. <laughs> At least we're prepared. So one now. down. <laughs> exactly. So guys, please feel free to use this as a survival pod. Like if you're heading off into space, if you're like if we, you know, Elon. Bezos, uh, Shatner, Shatner, if you just did guys it. are listening, yeah, um, please take this as a survival pod so you know now what, you know, how what you're in for, how long you can survive out there. Just cue someone up to rescue you within that 45 seconds, you'll be fine. You'll be so fine. I can't imagine there would be any ongoing side effects from gamma radiation or anything like that. It'd be fine. That's a really good point. I want to call out... Uh, Leonard Nimoy, I mean, sadly he's not with us anymore, but Spock never gave us the lowdown on the realities of space and he's science officer. So you've lost, you kind of dropped the ball there a bit, Spock. 
Well, exactly. You know, I didn't want to bring that up, but exactly. Uh, that's what we're here to do. We're here to educate. We're here to provide a survival guide for space specifically, if you're there without a spacesuit. Um, we have zero qualifications to be providing any kind of advice. So take it as you will. Uh, but I think that's, you know, what we're developing into. It's almost like a bit of a self-help potty as well. Yeah. In fact, he should have changed his little signature piece that instead of be live long and prosper, it should be like live for 15 seconds and get burnt and mutated. <laughs> What's up? What? I just feel like it just didn't roll off the tongue quite as much. <laughs> get sunburnt and have an extra leg. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't roll off oh, the tongue quite as well, does it? Yeah, it's not quite as good, but... Um, it's a work in progress. Yeah, we can, we can workshop that. All right. What's your next question, Kate? <laughs> next question. Okay, so next question. Question number two. What would happen if an asteroid hit the Earth? So we're talking about not like a grapefruit asteroid. We're talking like a fuck-off asteroid, like a massive, we're talking the dinosaurs-level asteroid. What would happen if an asteroid hit the Earth? Okay. Now, Ben Affleck is busy with J-Lo now, so he can't get time off his oil rig job to go and rescue us. Um, again, that's a whole other thing, why they would train oil riggers to be astronauts, not the other way around. A whole other story. I'm sure there's dedicated podcasts to discussing that issue. Um but, you know, what more specifically sort of, I know we're talking about space, but then that's, that's coming from space, yeah? So space started it. What would then happen on Earth? Um, now, as a kid, this was one of my most prominent fears day to day. So I currently attend therapy and have done for a while. Uh, you know, mental health is very important. But I feel like it really started when this was a day-to-day -day fear for me as a child, an asteroid hitting Earth. I was so frightened that, you know, weather patterns, um, weather reports on television would sometimes cause me anxiety because mm -hmm. it was connected to space. That was, you know, something that I lived with. Uh, we're all a bit kooky. We've all got our thing. Mine's asteroids. So, you know, go with it. Um, hopefully... You know, maybe one of our listeners out there had a similar kind of fear. Please write in and let us know so that I don't feel like I'm Robinson Crusoe on that one. Yep. Um, but that's, you know, totally rational for a seven-year-old to fear asteroids, right? For sure. And again, yeah, we grew up in a time when pop culture and things like that were being shown to us that had never been able to be imagined or shown in cinema or TV or books and things like not to that scale. So it's pretty influential. Yeah. I can imagine getting scared about that at, a, at an impressionable age. So, yeah, I think so. And, you know, I'm, I'm just a huge, uh, you know, absorber of pop culture and media and television movies and things like that. It's huge. I mean, people are probably picking up on that after listening to not so <laughs> subtle speak. about we, it. We, yeah. We can't really go, you know, half a, half a paragraph of that dropping in some pop culture reference, but look, I, you know, I, I dealt with it. That's fine. But you're right. You do, uh, you know, kind of see these things and they, they make an impression on, uh, on a young mind. So what would happen if an asteroid hit Earth? Uh, it's, it's official title of that is called an impact event. So what would, what would it look like if there was an impact event? 
not the same kind of impact event if you eat like a whole bunch of cheese um, and then you struggle to, you know, have a BM for the next couple of days. Yeah. Different kind of impact event. But according to spacecampturkey.com, you know, that's where we go to for all of our up-to-date space knowledge. I did not expect to hear that phrase today, but I'll, we'll go with it. <laughs> okay, so... The basics are explained on Space Camp Turkey. Um, I was pleased to see. So the very first thing that when you said if an asteroid hit Earth, what would happen? The very first thing that they have on their website is it is totally acceptable to worry about an asteroid crashing into Earth. That was the first thing they had. So Australia, I was like, these are my people. Thanks, Space Turkey. <laughs> I oh thought my God. she's on the phone to a therapist straight away. <laughs> you lied to me. I can't be afraid of this. <laughs> Space Turkey says I'm normal. <laughs> so, so Space Turkey, um, it turns out it's a, a website for children. Um, so it just helps to explain space uh, concepts and um, scientific concepts to, to kids. But I was fine with that because um, that was my inner child who was still concerned. So they helped me out with that. Uh, now, if an asteroid hit Earth, so if there was an impact event, the dust and the smoke uh, would essentially go into the atmosphere, which would block the sun. Mm -hmm. Now, turns out that's bad because if the sun's blocked, the planet temperatures, the total temperature of the planet would drop to quite significant uh, levels. Also, naturally, you know, all living things need sunlight, you mm -hmm. know, to, to survive in whatever way that, that may be. Um, but if an asteroid did hit Earth, that's probably the number one concern, aside from the actual impact itself, if it's going to cause something like that, which will actually alter the climate um, more than we've already done ourselves, uh, <laughs> it would be a bad thing. Um, so if an asteroid the size of an apartment, uh, it's going to destroy probably one, like a city, maybe. Okay. Uh, depends on the size. Uh, if an asteroid the size of a 20-storey building, it can, you know, flatten a, a continent. So yeah. it, it really is dependent on the size of the asteroid itself uh, and where it hits as well. Okay. Basically cause what they call, so looking on Space Turkey, uh, it would cause what they call a uh, impact winter. So it would be... That makes sense. Snow piercer, you know, like it's going to turn into impact winter. So plant life is going to die off within weeks. Large trees can survive for decades, which is good because they have a store of sugar in their systems and they've got a really slow metabolism. So trees would last for a few decades, but with all the other plants and everything like that, obviously wildlife, um, you know, that sort of stuff, microbes, small creatures, that's really all we're going to have. A lot of the big creatures that rely on our plants and our environment and our ecosystem would start to die off because there would be no source of food. Uh, humans, however, we could survive. So, you know, providing the planet itself doesn't crumble, like if it's not an asteroid that's going to be, you know, planet size and it yeah. doesn't split us in half, it's just going to cause us to have that impact winter, but humans could survive. Their recommendation is that we dig tunnels. So okay. we go closer to the core of the earth where it's warmer. Mm -hmm. So that's what we would need to arrange. So again, we can call Ben Affleck, get his crew, Bruce Willis, those guys drill closer to the core of the earth. We could potentially survive, but you know, it's not going to be a great, it's not going to be a great lifestyle. Um, it's going to be cold all the time. Um, there's no sun. So it'd just be missing that vitamin D. Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. So we'd have to make sure that we get some, um, yeah, supplements happening. So Swiss, please feel free to sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, Centrum. Um, all those ones, no problems. So I went on to another website, although Space Turkey did give me plenty of great information. It gave you your life, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's another website it is called popsci.com uh, which is you know popular science so again it gives you a real basic rundown of uh you know popular scientific questions which is good because it doesn't hurt to grow our brains and to look at things that we might not understand exactly. so I, I rate these websites so popsci says we could live in submarines as well so humans could exist we could live in submarines um, in the deepest and warmest parts of the ocean mm -hmm. uh, so the other option though which might be more attractive is nuclear or geothermal power mm -hmm. sources so they've said moving to iceland would be a great move because 87 percent of their houses use geothermal energy. I was going to say, I've, I've been to Iceland and it is such an amazing place. If, if you ever get the opportunity to go, please do. But it is astounding to see how they have embraced their proximity to, you know, geothermal pockets and lands and, and phenomena that happen in the world. And you just, you drive down the freeways and highways and stuff and you can just see, see all these power plants and stuff. It's, it's really quite spectacular and beautiful mm. okay that sounds amazing go back to iceland yeah so those are some options so again like this is a you know a how to survive an yeah. impact event with dom and kate because that's obviously that's the sources people are going to the most well-known popular science space turkey dominic kate boom that's your list all your answers uh so yeah all your all the answers you'll ever need so we're going to go to iceland you can live in a submarine i would prefer not to exist than live in a submarine again yeah. i could do an episode on submarines potentially but yeah also uh closer to the earth so digging down closer to the core of the earth to survive the only catch and this is what i found um is that the sun doesn't just heat the earth but it actually keeps the planet in orbit if that suddenly disappeared you know like the sun went away or it was impacted in terms of the actual orbit of the planet earth our planet would just like fly off into out of outer space okay. like a ball on a string gone then we're stuffed no geothermal springs are going to help us <laughs> if we get sucked into a black hole <laughs> you can dig and dig and dig as much as you like but <laughs> yeah so ultimately asteroid hitting earth is not great but an asteroid that is big enough to alter the climate of the planet yeah that's quite a a rare possibility i'm not going to say it's never going to happen because you know who would have ever guessed a global pandemic happening in our lifetime but there are uh things that nasa and other space stations and space um organizations are doing and continue to do in the event of that mm -hmm. happening. So, uh, yeah, we can sort of trust that we'd have some people that can try and help us out. Otherwise, pack your bags and we'll go to Iceland. Uh, well, I'm sure, I know the Australian government just uh, has got a few uh, submarines lying around that aren't doing much at the moment. And I think the <laughs> French are a bit pissy at us for, uh, so maybe we could get some of them too. 
Yeah, absolutely. We can work something out. I'll just hop on the phone to, um, yeah, hop on the phone to them and just get it sorted. Just borrow a sub. I could build one. How hard could it really be? <laughs> That's so true. How hard could it be to make a submarine that can withstand the pressure of being under the ocean? It can't be that difficult. All right. I'll just go to Bunnings and yeah. sort something out, get some sheet we'll get metal. Some stuff. Yeah, sheet metal, some two by fours. You know, is that like, that would work. Hot glue gun. Cool. Perfect. We'll brainstorm. We might even do, yeah, we could do some bonus uh, bonus content about how to build a sub. Yes, <laughs> actually, <laughs> listeners, draw, either get your kids or yourself and draw what would your submarine look like and, and submit it to us. Yeah. We want to see what your designer sub looks like. <laughs> Absolutely. There's been an impact event. Where are you going to live? Tell us where you're going to live. I want to know. Uh, all right, so that, you know, basically wraps up a bit about the the asteroid hitting Earth. Obviously, there's a lot of, you know, um, ifs, buts and maybes about that, but essentially it's bad. That's what we can determine. It's, it's not going to be great if a ginormous asteroid hits Earth. Uh, which brings me to our bonus content of this pod. Okay, so before I get to my main bonus content source, what I did enjoy is whilst I was researching for this episode, I went to a few websites, uh, you know, to find that information. And they usually have, you know, pages that might interest you based on what you were searching for. So I had a you may also like page uh, that I had there. So some of the questions were, what would happen if there were no moon? Space junk is a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, what would happen if gas planets collided? So these are, you know, relevant pages. And then finally on that same ad, it said, why can you pee without pooing, but you can't poo without peeing? <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be a shitty Briggs episode if we didn't have a poo or pee. Exactly. Ugh. That's so true. But I just felt like that was so... That was relevant to me. That's actually really fair. I was looking up about asteroids, so thank you for bringing that up about the pee-poo situation. Thanks, internet. Perfect. Okay, so that's my little sidebar about my search. I want everybody to strap yourself in to your toilet seats because this source that I've used has given me some cold, hard facts, and you need to be ready, okay? Here's the scoop. I am privileged enough to have in my library a Reader's Digest Atlas of the World published in 1987. Now, the opening for this amazing publication says, next to a dictionary, perhaps an atlas is the most useful and most frequently consulted reference book in a home library. <laughs> oh, they are so correct. It's amazing. Now, I know what you're thinking. Kate, this was done in 1987. Is this information going to be up to date? Is it going to be relevant? No, but it is really entertaining in terms of what they thought. <laughs> what has actually the shit that they say. Okay. <laughs> so I, um, yeah, so I was looking through, they have a great section uh, at the beginning. Uh, preceding the maps um, is a world of wonders section. Okay, now this examines an in-depth journey from the origin of the universe 15 billion years ago uh, to the choices for managing the planet mankind faces as we approach the 21st century of the present era. Spoiler alert for the 1987 Reader's Digest, we fucked it up. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> like, we, we messed up a fair bit. You got it wrong. We got it wrong. We're still getting it wrong. Welcome to our nightmare. 
Yeah, welcome to the world. Welcome to the 21st century. Um, now, the first few sections, they have up to the minute hot takes on, on space. So I want to share a couple of highlights with you that I found in the space section. Page eight, which I'll, I'll take some photos, I'll pop it up on the socials of this beautiful uh, book. It's quite large as well. So it's just, it's really, it's just an, an event to, to look through this book as an event. So if you flick over to page eight, you can be buoyed by the title, Stars, Cosmic Dust to Nuclear Furnace. So that's the first topic. So that you can, You know, it's really chipper. Yeah. And like when I think nuclear furnace, like does everybody, you know, there was this little thing called Chernobyl. Does anyone remember? It was like, I don't know. It wasn't very big. It was just like a little, you know, thing that happened. Um, but I'm not putting nuclear furnace on my Christmas list. Okay. It's not happening. It doesn't instill like excitement and happiness. It's definitely setting us up for a bit of fear. But, you know, that's Correct. what we're all about here. So go on. Exactly. So then you have a look at the the first page of this book, which is titled The Universe from Big Bang to an Uncertain Future. <laughs> so again, filled with optimism and it's just, there's so much joy. Uh, you know, if you're already feeling doomed about the world, which as a seven-year-old child I was, um, I've managed to work through that. Like, you know, many, many therapy sessions and dollars later, I'm working through it. But you can always look to the 1987 Reader's Digest to cheer yourself up about it. Yeah? Um, especially what I enjoyed was the closing paragraph of this section. It's just, it's just that sense of optimism that I really like about it. This is what they, they had in the closing um, paragraph. Astronomers cannot be certain about the future of the universe. It'll either collapse again under its own gravity to a single point or continue its expansion forever, becoming cold, empty, dead, and dark. <laughs> it's like my grinder profile. <laughs> So this book, this reader's digest, it's a year older than me, okay? And my mother has owned it since then. You know, I no wonder if it's one of the most frequently consulted books in my household libraries, no wonder I had a daily fear of asteroids hitting the planet at seven years old. It's reader's digest fault. Not really light reading. It's not a good bedtime story. So, yeah, they, no. they're very blunt and... It, trying to just I, I can get what they're trying to do they're trying to be like just matter of fact down the line here's here's the reality of it but it's like okay put a little David Attenborough sprinkle on it give us some, like you know <laughs> yeah. he tells us some pretty horrible heartbreaking things like and some pretty hard truths that are very soul-destroying and upsetting but then there's also like you know oh look here's a monkey or a, having sex and isn't that kind of funny <laughs> yeah Good for them. Yeah, right? Like he balances <laughs> it. Give a bit of positivity and then you can slam us with some hard truths. Not just, oh, yeah, yes. it's gonna, it's either going to collapse or it's just going to grow so big and cold and dark and desolate. We're, we're kind of fucked we'll either way. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's probably the reason why I did have that that fear as a, as a kid. But now I think that I've done my research, I've got, those those plans in place like we've given each other those um tips those handy hints and tips on space survival uh which we can put well, again we'll put it on our, our instagram page so that you can have it it's just like a handy guide but dominic those were the two big questions i had about space 
about trying to conquer my fear of space to understand a little bit more about it. And then finally, our bonus content of our Reader's Digest 1987 World Atlas. So that's my episode for today. Yeah, I can't wait to see pictures of this book. Just, <laughs> I'm sure I've got, we've probably all got one. I know that my folks have got like a Encyclopedia Britannica or something from the 60s or something like that. And oh, yeah. there's, there's some choice words about some, you know, different topics uh, that have not, <laughs> they haven't aged well, they haven't stacked up well. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel as if there's definitely been some growth in some areas, uh, you know, in society and, and, and of the planet. Um, but I can't promise that, yeah, <laughs> any books from any of the Encyclopedia or Reader's Digests are going to be stacking up. Not a bestseller. <laughs> so, for, like, in a summary, for our listeners, what do you think is the, the thing that scares you the most or is most frightening about space? Is it the vastness of it and just the violence and the unknown that like the, it's quite a harsh and violent atmosphere, well, not atmosphere. I can't use that word. It's, you know, it's <laughs> thing. Yeah, a place, yeah. you know, like thing. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. No, I'd be very keen to see. I want to see submarines. I want to see where you'd live if there was an impact event. And I want to hear about, yeah, people's people's thoughts on space, for mm. sure. Well, thank you. I'm definitely, <laughs> you know, I'm asking the bigger life questions, which is exactly what you should do when you're uh, hungover on a Saturday <laughs> morning. So thank you, Kate. <laughs> I'm feeling super inspired by that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's all going to be fine. Don't worry about it. We're going to be fine. No. I don't know how, but we'll work it out. Yeah. <laughs> We're here for such a short time. We're a blip. I'm sure things will carry on well and truly after you and I are dead and buried. So, Absolutely. Uh, it's someone else's problem. But uh, thanks for that, Kate. And uh, a bit of a um, somewhat of a link because um, you're talking about a, a place or an environment that really, really scares you. I thought for next week's episode that I would focus on something that's kind of similar in the fact that it's a place that makes me scared. Um, and uh, I'm going to be focusing on like uh, cemeteries. I think cemeteries, 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 however you want to say it, wherever you are in the world, I don't care. Get angry and tell me on social media I'm pronouncing things wrong. <laughs> like last week, I kept on saying Moscow instead of Moscow, but... I'm sure we'll hear about oh, it. Whoops. Um, oh, we'll edit in post. Yeah, I thought uh, for next week I'm going to do a story about uh, Rush, the story of Russian mummified dolls and this, <sighs> this man that uh, spent a lot of time in cemeteries and uh, it's quite eerie. So I think it's a good link from this week's episode to next week. Um, what places Absolutely. make you really, really frightened? Woo! I was running through all of those classic places when you said we're going to go to a place. I was like, is it the dentist? Is it the doctor? Is it Costco? Is it Dan Murphy's? Is it the announcement of a lockdown? Like, what? what where are we going with this? No, I, I know it seems really cliche, but cemeteries, even as an adult, they still, they fascinate me. Like, it's not like I avoid them, but I just think they are the quintessential setting for you to get scared and the amount of stories yeah. are just limitless but I've picked this specific one not because it's just about cemeteries this is a whole other backstory and we'll get into it I can't wait to share it but um yeah I'm looking forward to it awesome. so thank you that Kate. Sounds great Dom I cannot wait hey no worries thank you Dom and uh, I look forward to seeing you uh yeah next week for your episode about cemeteries Ooh, live long and prosper
The final frontier. Get sunburnt and grow an extra limb. <laughs> it's just not working. If you had to have another limb, what would you want? Oh, shit. That's a great question. Maybe an extra arm? Because then you could just, like, carry extra stuff. You've got more mobility. Like, you've got, you know, so an extra arm. But I would like, like, a fully functional, you know, just one out of the armpit or something like that. So you've actually got, you know, two arms to hold something up, another arm to drill something. I don't know. You could just do heaps of cool stuff. What about you? My mind went straight to a non-PG space, so I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> well, I don't have one of those to start with, so do I get to have an extra one or can I just have one of them? Just sure, to see what it's like. See what it's like. Perfect. I mean, it's our mutation. We can do with it what we want. Exactly. It's pick and choose, right? <laughs> <laughs> and on that oh, God. awesome note, I think we should wrap up. <laughs> I agree. All right. But thanks, Tom. I'll see you next week. That's a wrap. Big shout out to everyone for tuning in to Shit and Bricks. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us. Plus, you can find extra little nuggets on our socials. Next week, we'll be back talking more shit, so do not forget to tune in. And remember to wipe, flush and wash your hands. Goodbye. Goodbye.